My guest on this week's episode of Suds and Search is Kelsey Stapleton, Director of Customer Success Strategy at Justuno. Kelsey is one of my favorite conversion rate optimization experts and a great person to have a drink with during the day. Kelsey's company, Justuno, has created a suite of software to help businesses turn more of their online traffic into sales. If you aren't super knowledgeable about CRO, welcome to the club. We don't do a lot of CRO work at my agency, and Kelsey is the first CRO expert we've ever had on Suds and Search. So I'll be learning along with the audience a little bit this week. Grab something cold to drink and join me for a conversation with Kelsey Stapleton. We'll talk about how to perform an effective CRO test. She'll share some cringeworthy CRO fails. And I'll ask her a little about backyard axe throwing. Kelsey Stapleton, welcome to Sudden Search. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I am excited to have you on. We were introduced by our mutual friend, Nava Hopkins, and Nava noticed a topic area that had been missing in Southern Search, which is CRO. And uh, so I'm really excited to have someone on who knows a lot about this because it's not an area that I know a ton about. So I think definitions help to get the conversation rolling. Do you have a quick, hard and fast definition for what conversion rate optimization is? Yeah, it's the um, it's the idea of once somebody once you drive somebody to your site, pushing them towards the checkout process or to make a purchase um, using customer behavior and experience to your benefit. Okay. So I mentioned that I'm a bit of a, a noob on this topic, but there's a lot to unpack. I hope you can help me with it. I heard someone say about CRO before that it goes from being best practices to test practices. So I sort of understand this concept that CRO involves testing a lot. And I wonder, just to get things rolling, what does a good CRO test look like in your opinion? Um, I mean, that's a hard definition to give because it all is dependent on what you're testing. Mm -hmm. uh, but what you wanna make sure is that yeah. you're micro-testing in a, in a sense. Um, if you're going to test you know, an image, only test the two images that you're looking at. You don't want to test the image plus a copy change plus a CTA change. Um, you're never going to know which one influenced, uh, you know, the winner. So yeah. micro testing is really important, especially if you're doing anything um, promotion based, or even if you're testing like your website. If you're adding a landing page with two different CTA buttons, you want to make sure that you're going to be able to pinpoint what made the difference in the test. Okay, that makes sense. So good tip to start if your CRO has so many of these things involved in them, design plays a part, copywriting plays a part, UX, UI, micro testing. I like this. Um, all right. Once you are involved, you want to run a CRO test. Who are the stakeholders involved? Like who makes the decision and then who actually has to, like, is there a developer involved? Is there a, a marketer involved? Who are the people sitting at the table where that CRO test is, is going on? Um, I mean, that again, depends on the company. Um, I've been a part of a lot of discussions that have, you know, the founder on the call or maybe just the general marketing yeah. manager or, you know, that lone person who handles your email service provider. Um, it really does depend. Uh, what you want to make sure is that the people who are being affected are being notified. So if you're running a test with your lead capture that anybody who's a part of your ESP team or your uh, any anything to do with your email or your SMS, whatever whatever you have set up, that those people are notified that this these changes are being made. 
Um, we actually see a lot of success when you mirror, if you're doing something like that, if you're mirroring your email messaging and your on-site messaging, um, that turns out really successful most times. Interesting. I would, I'm going to get into like best practices here in a little bit, but I'm still uh, just trying to scratch the surface here a little bit. The, the other component to a test that kind of hovers over all of this is time. So if the test is too short, we might not get to statistical significance. We're not getting a good test. If the test is too long, we might start getting into things like seasonality or, you know, it's about to be Memorial Day. Every retail business is going to have a big sale. If you compare that right. week to the week previous, you're going to get all these false positives. How Do you have some suggestions for how to control for time? Yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of different things that can lead into how successful a test is. Uh, the main things you want to look at are uh, your time period. We usually suggest like 30 days. Um, that's going to catch you on the okay. uh, ups and downs of paychecks, weekday shoppers versus weekend shoppers. And then obviously most months have some sort of holiday that goes on. Obviously Memorial Day would be um, something different because most things, most companies have some big sale during Memorial Day. Uh, but like Easter is a good example. Mm -hmm. You know, not everyone runs an Easter sale. So seeing those kinds of spikes. Um, the other thing we always suggest is that at least 10,000 sessions have seen your test, um, have been exposed in some way. Mm. That's going to give you an understanding of the percentage of your traffic that were exposed to it. And then also to statistical significance. And there's a lot of different ways that that can uh, be defined. Um, we define it as more of, you know, 20% of your total traffic has been exposed to the test. And depending on how much traffic you I get, see. that could that test could run for, you know, 30 days, or it could run for 430 days. It all kind of just depends mm. on your traffic and how you're judging what would be, you know, enough information for you to make an educated decision at the end of your test. I get it. And I, I was, I'm, I've been trying to figure out how to phrase this question all day here, but basically I'm, I'm thinking about the entire lifespan of a website. And so you could think, you know, you launch a website, you're going to do a bunch of testing right away, see what works, what isn't, make decisions about that. And then you might settle in for a little bit. And then towards the end of the website, of the life cycle of a website, you might want to make changes. You know, basically, is there is there some sort of period of time where CRO tends to happen, like at the beginning of a website or towards the end of a website? Or is it something that can happen throughout the entire process of a website and should be ongoing? Oh, definitely ongoing. Um, the one thing to think of is, you know, brand new baby site, you want to make sure that you have what's most important to you set up. Um, that's mostly going to be for like brand new companies or brand new websites, and you're just now driving traffic, lead capture, grow your email list, get people on there, that's still going to give you the biggest ROI. Um, and then as you grow, the larger you get, the more you can do with CRO. So it's important that you're always paying attention at, in some degree. Um, everyone goes through phases where different things are important at different times for the company. Uh, but just keeping a, a thumb on your CRO health and what you're actively trying to do, um, you know, is going to give you good results and help drive those conversion rates higher as you grow. Makes sense. I wonder, have you had an experience where you're going to do a test or you've been engaged and the conclusion is, we just need to totally redesign the site like this is there's no point in doing this are you a factor in how that decision gets made as a cro expert um 
sometimes. Uh, I always give, you know, the advice that I can, but it's very rare that you're going to have a test that runs and you're like, oh my gosh, we need to start from zero. <laughs> I've never had that happen. Um, but, you yeah. know, especially when it comes to your on-site pop-ups, uh, we've had that happen a couple of times um, where no matter uh, what yeah. you did, it wasn't performing well. And usually what we do is we go back and reevaluate the firing conditions for those pop-ups, promotions, whatever you want to call them, um, to better segment the visitors that are seeing them. Because that's really a big part of what CRO is, is making sure that the message that's important to the group of people you're trying to talk to relates to them and is getting to them. All right. Makes sense. All right. So I, I teased it at the beginning, but I want to get into some kind of best practices, worst practices. Everyone likes the cringeworthy stuff. So I want to start there. You mentioned pop-ups. That seems like a logical place to go. What are some common ways <laughs> websites you, you just see, they're just killing their conversion rates. What, what are some of the main ways you see this? Oh yeah. Um, not thinking of user behavior is going to be the number one, uh, having multiple promotions fire just at random. Um, serving everything to everybody is always going to kind of kill your conversion rates. No one likes to come to a website and see pop-up after yeah. pop-up after pop-up. Um, so that's, that's the main thing I think. And then the other thing is making sure everything works correctly. Uh, again, nothing more irritating than seeing a promotion pop up and say, you know, unlock free shipping and you're like clicking the button and nothing's happening. Um, so always making sure your <laughs> stuff works. I've, I've seen that sure. happen a few times. Awesome. All right. And what about the other way? Have you ever seen it? Have you ever seen a CRO experiment that really delivered And what were some of the things that, that really pushed that project over, over the top? Yeah. Um, when you're looking for a successful CRO strategy, the main thing you want to think about is first find a goal. What's your goal? Is it increase conversions, increase lead capture? Are you looking to yeah. decrease your card abandonment rate, increase your average order value, find your goal and then build off of that. So if we use average order value as an example, what are you willing to do to increase average order value? And a pretty clear and cut starting spot is can you offer free shipping? And if you can, at what price range. Mm -hmm. So if you sell products for like 10 to $35 and you want to increase your average order value and your average order value is about 45, you'll want to say free shipping for orders over, you know, 55 or $60. Um, and make sure that that information is clear. So, uh, there's a lot of different functions where you can have a countdown of how much you have left to spend to unlock an incentive. Um, those are going to be, mm the best way for you to start, you know, keep it simple is always, always a good rule of thumb and, uh, make sure you're not bombarding your customers. Yeah, that makes sense. I, everyone's had that experience right on a website. So right. I wonder, have you, is there a, is there one tool or a set of tools that a CRO expert couldn't live without? Is there something that you, you gotta have it in order to do your job? Um, yeah, I mean, I, and this is kind of drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit, but I mean, I've, I've been a part and, and seen a few different tools, but just do know, I, I'm really obsessed with their platform, um, because it gives you a clear insight yeah. of analytics and everything else. Um, and beyond that, obviously, you know, have a good ESP that makes sense to you, um, that you can read your analytics and you can understand what the open rates are and that you can find the information that you need. Um, having tools that talk together is really important too. 
Um, obviously, you know, any marketer is going to know if you have an online store, you've got your platform, your ESP, your SMS, you've got any kind of on-site um, app, whether that's, you know, Justuno or Wheelio or whatever, um, making sure that they all communicate clearly. Uh, because I've seen some mistakes happen where someone will run a banner through Shopify and then they're also running banners through Justuno and they're all stacking up on top of each other. So keeping in mind that you mm -hmm. need to look at big picture and not just single tool use. All right, very cool. You started to talk about this scenario earlier, but I'm, I'm wondering if you could help me. Uh, at Search Lab, we get a lot of contact forms that I could live without. Like we get a lot of leads that are not actual leads. Uh, how does CRO control for just getting better sales or better leads? Or you mentioned like higher customers. What are some of the tools or tactics to get not just more, because we could get a lot of we could get a lot of contact forms, for instance, at Search Lab, but a lot of them aren't very good. I want more good leads. Um, right. Do you have any recommendations for how you could control for quality? Yeah, and that's always a really hard question, right? Um, as an example, the Spindowins are like huge right now, and they have been for years. Um, but the opposite we see of that is sometimes depending on your site size and what you sell and everything else. And this is not speaking for everybody, but the Spindowins don't always give quality leads. Um, people just want to hit the button and see the wheel spin. Um, so it all becomes about nurturing those leads, right? So once you've got somebody signed up and into your ESP, what are you doing to nurture that person to come back and make a purchase? If they have made a purchase, how do you increase loyalty to your brand? or get them to make that second time purchase. And all of those tactics are really dependent on your company and what you sell. Um, I've seen some really amazing things come through, especially for companies that have uh, products that like work together. Um, someone buys, you know, a bag, you can be upselling cleaning kits. If someone buys, you know, a bike, you can mm. be upselling the accessories for that, pedals, you know, um, the baggage sure. racks that go on those. It all really just depends, uh, but nurturing is like a huge deal. And that's where I see a lot of people kind of um, teeter off almost with their CRO is they get the leads and they've got their on-site stuff structured, but you need to nurture them through ad spend and through emails and through text messages, however you can communicate. All right. Well, very cool. Well, Kelsey, I've really enjoyed the conversation. If people want to get in touch with you, how should they do so? What's your favorite social media and how do people contact your, your business just to Yeah. Um, you know, always just visit us at just .com or, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm Kelsey Stapleton. Uh, and I'll be more than happy to get you contacted wherever you you're trying to figure out. Um, yeah, it's been great chatting with you as well. All right. Well, I have one more question. According to, uh, the website, you're interested in axe throwing, which is popular these days, but it says on the website that you do axe throwing in your backyard. Is this true? Yes. Uh, my husband made me a board for like my 28th birthday. Uh, we don't have it set up anymore. We've moved and our backyard is much smaller and the fences are much lower. Um, but we have, we have lost an ax <laughs> over the fence once. So we're trying to be more <laughs> cautious about that. All right. Well, let's see if, if you've got any any videos of you in action. We'd love it for the for the reel. So, 
Kelsey, thanks so much for coming out. I'm going to give you a virtual cheers for now, and we'll be back next week for another episode of Zuts and Search. Mm-hmm.